It's never that simple with Ramon. It's been a long, long, long time. Been very busy. But before we get into all that, I just want to first, this is basically the reason why I wanted to podcast today was Kobe Bryant died last Sunday. It's been about a week and a half, over a week and a half since Kobe has passed. And I cried like a baby. And it took some days to really like, feel like, okay, I think I'm teared out. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I ran out of tears, man. Like I, there, it really, and I think for it, it's interesting because it hit hard for everyone. It was so unexpected, right? This is such a rare thing, in you know, outside of people losing a family member, things like that. But when it comes to like entertainment, in a sense. Um, I know we've had some artists, but especially when it comes to sports, in the case of basketball, even people that wasn't, they, you know, they, they wasn't a fan of his, like they, you know, they, you know, they liked him as a player or they didn't like him as a player because they've cheered for other teams or another player. It affected them. And it was so many factors to this because we, We've never been able to kind of see someone that we consider as a child star live up to the expectation of being that superstar. And and even with the imperfections, the things that they've dealt with, the thing they've they the things they've had to come to. Um to see this happen the way it did, when you have somebody who invested all their passion, all the time into a career, which is basketball. Something that people ask of their athletes. It's interesting. People expect and hope and want where I, it's like, I want you to give it your all regardless of the results. And it seems like that's what Kobe Bryant represented it. Now, most people didn't really see it from that standpoint. But I think people sit back and realize like he he was an example of everything people tend to ask for when it comes to sports and athletes, things like that, right? And he started this second career where he was able to thrive and, and be, to have a legit, like a life outside of basketball. It was like, oh, you're a great basketball player. It was kind of, you know, I'm going to be even greater entrepreneur, you know, I'm going to be, y'all consider me top five, top 10, depending who you are as a basketball player or athlete of this generation. Watch how I become top five, top 10 person and, you know, period, right? And so I think the way it hit people, it's mainly because we just, like I said, we have, we, you've seen someone that was still young. Sports always make certain ages seem old, but he is technically in every way possible very young, right? And it's rare for his death because, you know, somebody mentioned when it comes to MVPs, people who have won MVPs, only two people have died who's been an NBA MVP. That's Moses Malone and that's Wilt Chamberlain. And they were in the 60s, right? And so, but everyone else, every other basketball player or even... You know, your favorite athlete in a sense, depending what sport, but we've been able to see them live and thrive and just grow old with them. Like you have the moments like, man, I'm old because I remember how young they were when I was younger watching that person be the greatest. Right. And the fact that we don't see gray haired Kobe, you know, you know, Kobe in the stages of what. Bill Russell looks like now with the the little white afro and the gray beard and things like that and just you know he's and that that's something that people are going to feel like we're going to miss out on that and everything that comes with it. And the reason why for someone like me in fact because I've always been a fan of Kobe. Like I used to get in arguments with like the times I, you know, see my dad go to his house and you know, obviously got Jordan playing but like you see this young arrogant cocky little skinny kid playing for the Lakers, right? 
and people love Shaq and everything that happened or didn't happen for the Lakers was based around what Kobe did or didn't do. And, I, you know, people, it was just like you was a Shaq guy. Shaq was a likable person. He was out there. He was he was very fitting of the times that was going on around him based around, like, his style. And, you know, it, it was just one of those things where you felt more con- – like, Jordan was like, oh, man, this dude is a beast on the court. Shaq was like, oh, man, he's just a beast as a personality, Right. And so Kobe come in and he, he kind of messing it up for a lot of people, especially you have a lot of old heads, you know, a few young dudes like, oh, man, who's this Kobe? This dude, he, he not even he not even Iverson. You know what I'm saying? He's not Ray Allen. He's a Marbury. He's not even that dude. Right. And he was able to look at it like, look, I'm going to work my tail off to create my own lane. And if you rock with me, you rock with me. If you don't, you don't. And for me, I've always been a basketball person I could see talent like it was just always something where I just looked at it like I'm I knew that I was going to be when I get older he was going to get older that was going to be my guy and you know it's it's interesting now because you almost feel like with a lot of people who were fan you know that you know fans of other people that just they they was cool you know oh Kobe you know he's in a spotlight too it was. It felt like some type of sophistication, even if it technically wasn't, you know. But it was a sophistication. Like you just, you. It was like you was a tastemaker to be a certain type of tastemaker, unless you're a Lakers fan. But if you wasn't a Lakers fan, or you just a fan of basketball, you had. To, you felt like you was a tastemaker to be a Kobe fan. Like how dare you be that guy's fan, right? And how it affected me because it, to me it was more to just you know when you're younger it's about basketball and the style and things you like because obviously people looked at it like it's similar to what Jordan was but over time when you hear someone able to kind of you know really open up especially when he was younger the, the, what's interesting is Kobe young Kobe and later years Kobe it, it was some of the best discussions the best interviews you were able to listen to because of his mindset or where he is mentally about things and those things I relate to now I know it might be you know quote unquote one of those things where you know people talk about Virgos but I, I related to a lot of that because when the one thing I can understand is misunderstood people even if it's not my vibe or my energy people People don't think that deep for just no reason. There's some people who are fake deep, but like people who are really just like they can go in detail in their thinking and what they see and what they're trying to do in the process. Not everyone has the ability to comprehend that. That's something I've always been able to comprehend. Though to me, that was therapy. Listening to Kobe and watching Kobe and understanding who he was and his mind, it was therapy for me. It, any time things just made sense to me, and it just it really sucks that like now more than ever people have been exposed to that, and then it just goes it's just gone, you know. And you know I I, I you know I had a really you know an event I was in college you know, DJ event I had it in College Station, I got home super late. It was my fiance, you know, Sarah's birthday weekend, her birthday weekend, basically. And so, um, you know, I just get a phone call. You know, uh, I got up really late. It was like 11, 12. You know, I got a phone call. I was chopping up with my moms and uh, talked to Sarah for a little bit. And then I got off the phone, kind of just, I'm going to lay down a little bit longer. Then I get a phone call from Sarah, like, hey, you see the news? Uh, Kobe died. And, like, I was like, eh, you know, you go, and then, you know, the first thing you just hit up is Twitter, because, you know, for better or for worse, Twitter is available for whatever you need to know. And it was, I laid there under this cover, and my body, it was kind of like, it went like, you know how, like, you have that shudder go through your body? It, th- this wasn't it. It was kind of like your something dropped 
You know, like it's weird how certain things that goes to you know, it's kinda like you know like people you get real thirsty and you drink water, you feel the water go down and you you've been super thirsty and dehydrated. It was like that of like this overcome of like, oh man. And I just, you know, I'm here at the Sarah still talking to me on the phone, trying to figure out validate is this true or not, and Asia in the background, like and I'm just like, all right. So we got off the phone. I was like, you know, I'm quiet. Like I'm, I, I, like I could feel the that sharp pain in my throat and my eyes getting all wiggly and about to teary eyed up. And I was just like, you know, all right, cool. All right, you know, I was like, all right, I'll call you later. You know, so I just put my phone charger and start cleaning up around the house, doing stuff. Like got stuff done. Like I'm just nah, nah. And so something like after a while, I was like, you know, I'm not gonna check my phone for the rest of the day. I really genuinely was like, I am not checking my phone for the rest of the day and then something told me was just like look Ramon you're just gonna have to embrace this shit and I think I made an executive decision that everything I'm just going to embrace and just bask in this the best way possible it was one of those things where it's kind of like it's the equivalent of like you don't want to go outside you don't want to get wet you don't have an umbrella but you get to the point where like you know what I'm just going to walk outside, put this little hoodie on, and I'm walk outside and walk slowly in the rain. That's exactly what I did. I walk slowly in the rain because it's raining and I have to get like it was just one of those things. And I did that. And I think that, you know, especially what what the hesitation was based around was, OK, you didn't know exactly who. Right. It was all the speculation. And what was crazy is all these different stories, the Rick Fox, the, you know, the daughters, the, you know, was like, it was just all the, everything was so, it was like, all right, Kobe and four other people are maybe including pilots or five other people, including the pilot. Okay. Who else could have been right. And then you see the news about Gianna and it was like, oh no. And then it just, I I literally just hand in my face and full throttle just cried my fucking ass. I just off. I just could not believe. Like it is crazy. Just like the place I was in to see that. That shit hurt. This shit was different. And I feel like we have to admit that shit was fucking different. Anyone like if you really think about it, you know, uh, it, I was I was actually and it's interesting because I want to fast forward, but I'll I'll come back. So I re, we recently seen somebody selling a couch online, and it was it was like a nice little one of those like roundabout couches, the nice big L, you know, for the living room, and somebody was just selling that in their little coffee table for like a hundred and hundred bucks, right? So I needed to get stuff out of my truck and, you know, take the couch, you know, pick up the couch. I checked it out days before. I was like, I'm just come pick it up. And like what was interesting is this few days after, it's like a day or two after, and talking to the gentleman I got the couch from, a medical guy, real cool dude. And I didn't really speak to him. I was actually thinking about erasing my apps. Just kind of like fall back from social media and just like, because it, it, you know, it's like you have losses, but like I said, this shit is different, especially because it was, it was, it was, it was like losing a big brother, a role model, somebody like literally like to get you through certain, a father figure type, even though he's not that much older than you, but it was like that type of shit. And you know, we just talk about different things and, and really help like talking to strangers and hearing other people talk about how much it affected. And it, it really it was able to kind of help you so much. And, you know, something that we had mentioned that I mentioned was like, imagine like if Eddie Murphy died in 2000, you know, or, you know, you know, it, like one of those things, like if Magic Johnson really did die in 92, you know, um, the, those like 
or, or Dave Chappelle and dying in 2005 or something like that. Like we're like you have to think of like exactly what this is. Like how do you compare the things? Like we've had many losses, right? We've had you know artists and superstars and the losses the way it was, and some of that unfortunately was based around some you know things when it comes to you know uh, any you know addictions and and other um vices that unfortunately they could not overcome and or like you know little wayne in 2010 or 2012 like that i'm talking about like you, you just have to understand like the is clatic like how how Large and how unfortunate this was. Like, and this is just. This was one of those things where there were there was no hope past a certain point. Like when Pac first got shot, and it was just like, imagine if he died. Like he'd even, you know, he died. You know, this was a situation where there was an, a helicopter accident, and there was no. There was no ability for us to think that, okay, in the hospital, pull through, pray for to pull through. No, this was like accident deaths. Like there, there was no in there. There was no in between. There was, you know, and, and I think that that's why I hit so hard for everyone. And it's hard. It's very difficult to comprehend. How the fuck did that happen? Right. And so, you know. I know that when things happen, we always try to look back and, you know, at someone's life or legacy or the imperfections and things like that. I don't give a fuck about that because I've been able to follow in detail everything. So compared to people that's been in and out of it, I feel like in many cases you can only do or say so much. What's interesting about Kobe's career is... There are a lot of people, maybe fans and media, who never really was the Kobe guy for better or for worse or whatever issues and ideas they might have of him. Or, But the one thing Kobe's always had was the respect and love of his peers. Your favorite player, favorite player was that guy. Your, your favorite athlete person that they just loved the most was Kobe. And fans and media could not, like, just couldn't understand, like, why, how, what? Because even if you get into Jordan versus LeBron debates, they were like, your favorite, your peers, like, yo, why y'all disrespecting Kobe like that? Like, that's what it is. Like, we're talking about Kobe, like, some something people have to realize, like, for people who are Kobe fans, what they've had to kind of deal with when it comes to this idea of, quote, unquote, protecting his legacy, right? Kobe comes in. Post Michael Jordan, during Michael Jordan's time, they still won the championship, but this is like near the end of Jordan's career. You have to, if you're a Kobe fan, you have to deal with Jordan fans. He's not Jordan. He's not this. Who do you think he is? Right? Then if you're already like a coach, like a Dell Harris type, you know, or you love Phil Jackson in the early Kobe years, you really didn't fuck with him. Or if you just as Eddie Jones guy that he's like, man, ship him off somewhere else. We don't care about Eddie Jones. Like that, that type of shit, right? But big picture, you have to deal with Jordan, all right, Jordan fans. Boom. Now, nothing you had to deal with. He's not Allen Iverson. Iverson hits different. Ivory hits an emotional, he hits a, a um a cultural idea that it would just wasn't fitting, you know, for how people view Kobe, especially this kid from Philadelphia who dad played in the NBA, lived in Italy. Like nobody gave, gave a fuck about that. You know, this is this is like, you know, this is this is Iverson was hip hop. He was like, he was like the underground doing cyphers type cat that you looked at. Like you had appreciation for that, right? And 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 that's why like he, he had to deal with oh he's not Iverson. Then you already had to deal with if you're a Vince Carter fan or you're like oh man this McGrady cat, but that's not on big levels. But then you have Shaq. Shaq was this phenomenon that for the for eight years up to almost winning won the champion. By the time they won to won a championship, 
People felt like Kobe's in the way. Even though they still won, Kobe's still holding something back. So you have to deal with that, right? 2003, LeBron comes in. Now, you have to deal with everything around that. Kobe's able to win three championships. He has some championships under his belt, you know, the three-peat. And you have to deal with the fact that, All right, well, thank you, Kobe, for holding it down for a little bit. But, you know, this LeBron dude got it now. You know, he's going to take the wheel, right? So then you have the LeBron fans. You know, personally, I think a lot of people didn't start watching basketball, really no basketball until 2003 when LeBron came to the league. But that's another point for another day because motherfuckers don't know shit like I know shit. But besides point. So you have to deal with that. And we can also add the fact that, like, maybe you're a Shaq fan, but then you have two other old heads of Gary Payton, 90s, 80s, you know, 90s guy that people know around Jordan time and Karl Malone. Just trying to get championship, 80s, 90s, superstar, things like that. So then you look at it it's like, oh, man, Kobe's the one that he's the reason why Gary Payton and Karl Malone couldn't get enough championship. The Lakers didn't have a chance to win, right? And or people who are basketball peers had more appreciation for Tim Duncan than somebody like Kobe Bryant, his peer. Right. So you have all these different factors that people it was just like if you're a Kobe fan, you felt like you had to fight everyone off. And then you have the case in Colorado. He loses it all. He the the he's the issues with the the Shaq stuff, the team the Lakers falling apart. Then you have this rape you have the rape case going on. So this at that point, it was hard to figure out, okay, where exactly can this go? How like the recovery or when especially when it comes to PR, right? I look at it from a PR standpoint, where exactly, what exactly was going to happen next? Because I didn't look at it as like, I, there, most of the things I looked at might be biased, but I was just like, yo, I think people are so emotionally caught up in thinking about this arrogant, skinny dude who who's very isolated, didn't relate to a lot of people. People looked at more of that. So everything that happened, they didn't give a fuck what he had to say or what he was thinking. People just looked at it was he's a person that snitched on Shaq, that got a Shaq's way from being dominant, oh, super mega dominant than he already is. He's not Jordan. He ain't cool like Iverson. And he raped somebody. He was accused of rape. You have all that going on. This is the Voltron of like, you are, this was like built to break everything about that person. And he said, fuck every last one of y'all. And was able to come up from that. In Los Angeles, where Magic Johnson was the lovable guy. He was Mr. Laker. You still have the pressure of Jerry West, who was the logo. Will Chamberlain just dominated big men. But that was more of something Shaq had to worry about. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's been through it all. And and still been able to thrive through that, but none of this one was on a level what Kobe had to deal with. And so yeah, you take all that, you know. All of a sudden, people came Boston Celtics fans. At the time, I remember getting major debates with my friends, or you know, the times where the Cleveland Cavaliers were winning sixty games. In regards to how you view that team, you won 66 games, fam, and you lost to Orlando Magic. One of those years. You couldn't get past Boston Celtics. I mean, it helped that you was able to kind of get through Detroit, the Pistons, LeBron, LeBron and his Cavaliers team in his earlier years. But besides the point, like these are all obstacles that Kobe had to deal with, and they had nothing to do with just basketball. This was more mental. This is circumstantial. This is the surrounding. This is the the culture of what was going on in the NBA. This is the what business was. So you fast forward, go through the rest of his career. Some people disagree with how the Lakers paid him out and the teams were bad. And then but for him, people had this idea that he was gonna be miserable 
not playing basketball because you've seen what he put into being the best at what he can do when it comes to playing in the NBA. People thought he was gonna he was not gonna be able to retire gracefully and just deal with the fact that he's not playing basketball anymore. And it what's interesting about that is the reason why I can relate to Kobe Bryant's mindset to what shocked so many people is I'm I'm the same way about stuff. Hey, are you gonna miss something that you devote a lot of time to? Nah. <laughs> Hell, no, I'm good. Like, I can relate to that shit. Like, I'm like that with everything. If I feel like I did everything I could and I feel like I invested so much in something and, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not on level how hard Kobe has worked, but I feel like I did everything I could and just be able to help and, and put time and invest in things like that and don't go a certain way and I have to move on, I ain't going to miss it. I'll be all right. And that's what Kobe did when it came to basketball. Now, what what triggered for him to be back in the basketball is the fact that he has a daughter that was as, as competitive and fiery to be the best she can be at basketball. So that really, you know, re re, re refute a fire that he he's had when it comes to basketball, but on a different level. He's always wanted to teach and 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 give this opportunity for people to to take some of the things that he utilized for his basketball career and use it in real life to utilize for doing something that you, that you love to do. It didn't have to be basketball; it could be anything. The 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 will to work and and put the time in and the process and then really enjoying it. But that, like, yeah, like I said, it's, um, I think for a lot of Kobe fans and even people who wasn't Kobe fans that can really sit back and look now is like, I think a lot of people really, I think it's, it hits harder because I think we've really let, we've really underrate, let someone just go underrated for so long in a sense, right? Like, he, he was so much more than what everyone just assumed, but, you know, because people were so caught up on so many other things when people failed to realize that the impact that he made was the people that you loved, the people that you cheer for, the people that... You know, like I said, he he was your favorites player, favorites player. Anytime something comes up, your favorite player was always trying to figure out like why y'all not include Kobe Bean Bryant in the conversation, any of these discussions. That's disrespectful to him. And I think ultimately it makes me feel better to like he's finally getting his due. But unfortunately, man, I, I felt like I lost someone close to me for someone I never met. That shit right there is crazy. That shit really did hurt, man. That was the craziest week. And this is like piggybacking from the fact that like my uncle died right before New Year's and I had to make an emergency trip to Wisconsin. And my mom, you know, it's hard seeing my mom just hurting. You know, just basically what I was last week. That's what my mom was when I was, you know, in town, you know. I think that's how, you know, a lot that my mom and I have in common. We was able to respond. That's how we respond to things. Like, you know, you just have your moments and, you know, you draw some tears or you start thinking. Speaking of, I I was in a grocery store listening to a fast song. I think I was, I I could be wrong. I think I was listening to Illest Motherfucker Alive. And it's that last part. And because that song's so fucking cold. And I remember it being in a grocery store. And it would just, I my eyes get all jiggly in water. Oh man! And it was perfect time because Sarah called me and I was like, "Okay, hello," you know that type of shit. And also, when I pulled up at the house, and you know, I I think it's around a time where people finally was able to kind of, you know, do an interview on the jump with T Mac. And I, I didn't even see, I didn't even see it. I just look look at my phone, pull up the house, and I see the thumbnail of like T Mac. Just hand and face, and I, and it just reminded me like, oh shit, this really did happen, and was in a car bawling, crying like I could, I, I like it was just crazy. This never, this, 
my even with Sarah, like she's only seen me cry three times. The first time was at a movie that hit hard, and it was around the time. It don't matter. It was a movie that really affected me that I took personally because I could relate to it on a certain level of stuff, but also just a frustration of what was going on around me for so much that I was involved in. The other time was just, just it was a, just a post on Facebook and it went viral and it just it, it frustrated me because it made me start thinking about a family member of mine. So but other than that, man, it shit it shit hit different. So, um, thank you, Kobe. It's always love on this side, man. So, yeah. But, all right. Uh, real quick, just want to talk about the, uh, before I transition to this rant, um, the wedding is planning is going decent. Uh, November seventh of this year. Uh, just by the way, man, everything about wedding planning is ass, trash, trash, ass and trash. It's, it, I don't even know how to put it together. It's just trash and ass, ass and trash. It's boo boo. And the re- mainly reason why is because like a lot of this shit is pointless stress to me. And this is someone who's, you know, been DJing weddings and being in the industry some in some capacity for like the last seven years, whatever. And it's frustrating when you're hearing your significant other and she's overwhelmed and you don't know why she's overwhelmed. What you understand why she's overwhelmed? But it's like, yo, I feel like, look, if you are marrying the person you want to be with, that should just be fine right there. All this extra shit, you are paying thousands of dollars to invite people to your wedding. Not the other way around. I can see, look, if somebody else is paying for all this, yo, tell me where to go. I'll be there. I got it. Let's get this. Let's do, let's do this. No. And it's different with me because the most of the people are coming from out of state. Not even town. State. And yeah, it's a hell of a process, but I don't feel like talking about it, so fuck it. Um, I wish I had a segment. I wish I can call this and had a specific name for the segment, but um, I had it was this post recently, right? And it was uh, homegirl Heather had posted and it was articles. I decided to look up the article myself, right? And this article is based around millennials and relationships. Now, I think I think this goes beyond millennials, but millennials tend to be easy for people to pick on. So my reason, especially because what's weird about it to me is like most of y'all be really be out here acting like like shit wasn't trash back then. It's just trash then, it's trash now. Right? But it was this article. And it was like, why dating as a millennial is so screwed up? And it was just talking about, I, I'm going to read off the different things, but it was saying, we ghost as a way to end things. We're, uh, we're hyper-focused on sex. We're in competition of who can care the less. We're too strategic about our responses. We expect a perfection that doesn't exist. We're overloaded with options. We've come content with being alone. We're always stuck in a gray area. We don't feel accountable for the pain we inflict onto others. We all jaded as hell. And what's interesting about this article is every single part of it had an explanation, but what bothers me the most and I kind of want to read what I put and read this as fast as possible so this is what I put I think where we start is why is people are being exposed to everything in every way having standards is fine but most people are not as dope as they think they are now let's stop there most people are not as dope as they think they are look I'm not saying this to feel like I'm just on a totally different level, but I know there's not a lot of people like me, right? 
people might assume they know me. People might assume like, well, Ramon, this is how you are, so you can or cannot do this. That's just not it. I look at the circumstances of what I'm willing to deal or not to deal with. And my the way I think is based off of just over time, the evidence of the impact that you make in people's lives, right? And what bothers me the most is people walk around and act like they are something more than they really are only because it might help them through their insecurities. It bugs the shit out of me. There's nothing wrong with being insecure. Why? Because in most cases, it's not your fault that you ended up being insecure. But how does shitting or treating other people dictate, like, you're just going to be much better? You're going to feel better anyway. I put... Not, all right, people are not as dope as they think they are. There's nothing wrong with that, but know who you are and how you are before you go to others like they're not on your level. Dating is based around moving gracefully and understanding how you move. Most people are insecure in ways that makes them more vulnerable than they will understand, even if they don't present themselves as vulnerable. Look. Well, before I before I make a point, I put something after that. That's why the right type of person with the wrong attentions can swiftly move through that. Yo, I don't know if you realize this, but just because you feel like okay, it's it's great to have confidence and really kind of you want everyone wants to have this ability where they have this aura where they're able to kind of get it's kind of like wearing a perfume or cologne. You give off this scent of something, oh, this smells good. Or oh, somebody might think, oh, that smells bad, right? And when it comes to insecurity, it's insecurity can literally have that. Deodorant over funk smell, right? And p the right type of person can sense that. When I mean right type of person, in this case, it's the wrong type of person. They prowl off that shit. Now, there are different ways people prowl off of it, right? Some people prowl like, oh, she insecure, but man, she fine as hell. I'm trying to see what's up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And some people feel like they might the insecure person might feel like the best way to get through those insecurities is to sleep with that person or find a way to get some type of attention. And if that attention might require that, you know, that person trying to smash, you might just jump on the bandwagon and let them smash. And you feel like I'm going to bust his nut too. And I might feel better about it also. But that's just that many cases, that's not their energy. Later on in life, they feel like they've gave, they have given up something sacred to them, which is their body and their mind to people that didn't deserve it because they sense those insecurities. Now, people who, who sense those insecurities do some wild, sh fucked up shit that really only makes it worse for those people that's already insecure, Right. And so I put after that, that's the part of people uh, who are doing the lies and the bogus type of things are trash. So those people are trash, but also I look at it as it affect people's decision making. Look, I'm trying to say this in a nice way possible. I've, I've met and known a lot of people that the decision making is very trash. And I say that respectfully and there's nothing wrong with that. Like we've all kind of made a decision, but to some people just it's a consistent thing and it's so unfortunate, man. Like, and I'm saying this because it's not like I didn't grow up. I've, 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 I've seen what this, you know, very questionable or bad decision making has affected things like families and kids and, you know, significant others and siblings. I, I've seen it. 
I grew up in an environment in a sense when it comes to sometimes you like your decision making who you choose as a partner or who you choose to invest your time with. I see how it affects so many different things. Now, the decision making of how you raise your kids and things like that, hopefully you fight through those things and be the best you can be to what you can't control or who you can control for better, not for worse, because there are parents who tend to take a lot of those things out on their kids. But uh, everything I'm saying from the start to even now, you can tell how it connects the dots, how it affects others when you can't even get your mind right when it comes to something simple like the dating world. And so as I continue, ultimately, people love being on the offense, but hate playing on the defense. It's cool to have a phone full of people you can move around and utilize however you feel but remember those same people might have some people also it's part of the game if y'all prepared to uh if y'all prepare play i mean if y'all play be prepared and be safe rules will always apply so i've come across people who really love this idea that you know they they just they, they love that, for example, you might have like five people in your phone that you are here connecting different ways. Like, oh, I'm going to go over there this day, you know, men and women. Right. And what's interesting is they it's, it's great to be on offense. you got control. you got people that want to invest time. They want to see you. And, oh, my God, I miss you. Oh, what's going on, girl? I really got to see you. You just I really just enjoy my time with you. Right. People love seeing that in the phone. People love hearing that over the phone. And the problem is, is you have to realize this is all a game to a lot of people. And everybody's the same way my friends think that, uh, like the same way, most people, pretty much all people don't think that I, I have a whole tendency. Like, Armand, I can't imagine you out here hoeing. I think most people are like that when it comes to y'all can't, y'all don't even know how to like move or just be a certain way because Y'all can have five people on your phone, but as soon as that one person might think about chopping up with something else and they might got something else going on, you're getting your feelings about it. You don't like that defense. You you don't you don't like how you just think that that person's sitting and wait for whatever you decide to do. People and, and the thing about it is people brag about that shit and they get mad when somebody superior know they can take what they what they want from you like you got this girl and you know this this girl might like this dude and this dude could come in and take your girl with no problem you mad about that even though you got other chicks or women who are like that with men but know they got other men uh, uh know that man got some other chicks that he can kick it with and it's a chick that you consider quote-unquote competition and like it, people are just not made for that like at all and so it's crazy. It really is. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I always laugh at the shits because it's like, yeah, I'm not, not made for it, man. Uh, I put at the end, I mastered the games but never played it because it wasn't worth it. I hesitated and overthought plenty of times, but the games were trash. And that's how I always view stuff like this. You know, like I, you know, it's interesting because kind of a lot of friends looked at it like, man, you know, the way people flock to you, you got the game and all that. Yeah, man, I had to work hard for everything to kind of come at me, even if it makes it look easy. I've really had to work hard when it comes to just the mental aspect of the stuff. Look, you know, it's different when, It's different when, you know, I lost some weight and, you know, you know, maybe put myself out there in the dating world. But I've been big all my life. I, You know, I don't walk in a room and all of a sudden like, oh, my God, look how fine he is. Like, it just never was my thing. But I knew if I invest in, like, my craft of who I am and also how I put that towards my interest, I might have a chance. Or just my aura alone is somebody might seek me out. Or there's some cases where I was so focused on just the things on myself and just make sure I, I look things from an aspect of just my surroundings of how I treat people. There's some people who have some really, really heavy interest in your boy, and I just didn't notice it. 
Or I just kind of real chill about it. Or maybe I did notice it. And I was just like, you know, just real chill about it because I felt like I've always felt like, look, if the same way women feel like if a man see me and I think he might be cute, he got to come after me and meet me 90 percent to my 10 percent. I kind of feel like that with women sometimes, man. Like, y'all be really thinking this shit's easy out here. Like, I've always said since I was younger, life is so much easier when a woman can pursue you and you actually might have some interest because at least you know what she think about you. She's made her mind up. Most relationships that I've seen something like a lot of relationships are kind of like that tends to last a little longer. Because women every day deal with somebody out here trying to seek them out, and then they might be obligated to maybe give that person a chance to open up. I like I don't feel like I don't have time for that shit. Why? Because I think I'm that fucking dope. You don't need the time to think of how what I'm feeling. I know I'm this good. I I I am like the the versatility, just the just my presence. Like I really genuinely feel that way in a non cocky way. I just I always understand my impact. Like I can date anyone to be fine. It's just not everyone's not worth dating. People just assume because you're a big dude and you nice and cordial and you nice to them, you just like them. Eh, no, most people ain't really worth dealing with. Not worth the problem, not worth the headache, none of that. And that's just keeping it a buck. But I'm always cordial, I'm nice, I'm always respectful. I would just not, I would not disrespect anyone. That's a perspective. So yeah, it is very frustrating, like, I, I don't I've never understood this idea when it comes to yeah dating is difficult I'm fortunate I'm engaged now that's a, a own type of headaches but that to me the way I see the dating game is like it's just a bunch of people that's just it literally remind me of wreck basketball that's a brand I really wanted to push not too long ago, but like when like that's one thing about basketball and especially season football over and things like that. It's like, fam, everyone think they can play basketball and talk shit, and it's like y'all are trash. That's what dating is to me now. It's always been that way. Everyone think they can put on some shorts and a shirt and play this fucking game. Somebody score, everybody waiting for the inbound and give them the ball because they think they can dribble. Everybody think they can, they got a shot, they got a crossover. When it comes to the dating world, it's no different. Look, and the, the, the equivalent of that person that's just really good at, you know, being a, just, just, it's like, just know what you, like, you're being a specialist ass. And then you work on those other aspects of, the, of your game. I'm trying to tie in sports and relationships, but like, if y'all know what I mean, like, there's some people just not, any of the people be talking shit like they just, I, I, I can't dictate the terms of like what people like and don't like. I look at it like, if you rock with me, you rock with me. Now, there's some cases where, you know, you might see some people that back in the day you really liked and they, you consider them falling off. Or some people you thought like, man, why don't they like me? And you see who they with now. You're thinking to yourself like, I can't believe this shit. Because there's a view. You be out here like, oh, so she ended up with him. But, you know, she didn't look at me. But overall, man, like sometimes I look at those things where it's like. Some people save you from a lot more than they think. That's why I think the friend zones are underrated. You like somebody, they put you in a friend zone, you see how they are in other relationships, you probably and they got issues and things that they have. Cause some people are decent friends but shitty significant others when it comes to girlfriends and boyfriends. You, you start thinking to yourself, like, oh my God, you didn't save my save me from some headaches. I've always appreciated shit like that. I love that. Like, oh man, I could have been that deal with that bullshit. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it just uh it, it's it's crazy. I, I and I feel like there are people who you you have to find what works. Like, look, there are people who want to protect themselves because they can fall for anyone so easily. Like they, they can fall in love and you know, they fall for anyone to give them some type of attention. 
Or there's some people who just, they feel like part of the reason they, they have a tough time dealing with people because in most cases, they just rather deal with them when it comes to some exchange of something. I'm trying to get my meat wet. I'm trying to fuck and I just want to chill and be left alone. Some And some people, they have a hard time when it comes to, I just want that without everything else that comes with it. I don't really think it's a wrong answer to anything. You just have to be honest with yourself and honest who you're around. And you have to be careful the way you move. Some people want those things the same way. There's some women out here who they rather live with. They don't want anyone for themselves. They don't want a relationship. Some dudes the same way. They don't want a relationship, but they find their market is I'm trying to find people who are in relationships, who are in committed or married. That's trying to fuck with other people because that shit like that, that that's like a, that's a legit preference. Even though it's fucked up because you'll ruin other families and relationships, but people can seek that out. It's like, that's a legit preference. But that's neither here or there. Ultimately, I just, it, it it's, it's very frustrating to see people. Now, I can't say it's frustrating because we've all been there. I've been there before. Like, I, my, Phone super dry, super lonely. You trying to figure out who you like. You trying to flirt in different directions and you know see what stick. Some people try to do that. You know you have the shotgun approach. You just shoot the shotgun, and if it's something, it hit some. Right, the, the the mass text message are the same thing. See what works out. Like people are just trying to find some companionship, or some people trying to find a way to bust this nut, but not be lonely or busting that nut. You know what I'm saying? But even with all that, I think people just have to be honest with themselves. And I know it's a lot of pressure because their surroundings here and people make feel guilty or make feel like shit or all the name calling and things like that. But I think forget all that. I just think that the biggest problem is when you have things like people are trying to always feel like they need an upper hand or something. People are dealing with all these insecurities and they feel like they need the attention. You can see it all over social media right now. Look, I look, it is money. In insecurity. Look, if insecurity had, if it was a, I, well, how you spell insecurity? I N S U. Anyway, so if it, I, the reason why I'm saying it, if it was a Nasdaq or the stock market somehow, and it was I N S as a stock and bond, that shit will be fucking insane, full and high and ready to be sold because that shit makes a lot of money. If insecurities, I look, I will invest this little five dollars that got my account and put all my chips in on insecurity market, uh, 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 chips and and put my money in that shit. Treat that shit like Apple before the iPhone came out. You know what I'm saying? And be like, hell yeah, look with like because it's it. In every way, insecurity sells. You sell. You can sell that when it comes to your identity. When it comes to, you know, the your your patriotism. It's so when it comes to how you view yourself or what you buy or how you live your life or what you eat or how you present yourself or how you're gonna post and get these sponsors to wear certain things on the gram. It's it's so much. And it's so flooded, it just becomes a normal thing. And if and the problem is, is when you walk around here, you walk around every day and you're around people, they are fucking miserable. And they want you to be miserable too. And it's fucking fu- you, y'all, y'all don't understand how fucking frustrating that shit is. It's nothing wrong with being insecure. Don't bring me down and try to come at me a certain way like that. Or think that I, because I'm out here thriving, I got my aura, I'm feeling good about myself. Look at him. Why are you? And try to bring you down. Even if you're in a higher position, people get move up in their job and make themselves feel better because they have no control at home and treat you like shit. That's fucking trash. Why? It's all based from insecurity. Insecurity in most cases is not your fault because of your upbringing, what you had to deal with, you had to come to, and things like that. That's something that it's like nobody's a baby didn't wake up like, hey, I'm insecure about this because I was born with an egghead. Like it just. In in all, we're growing up. Everybody make fun of me, so now I just wish I had like a, a head. It just that was shaped different. Like it just, I understand that. But we can all sit here and admit, like, yo, 
be around people that number one can embrace that and number two where you don't need the big others feel like shit to make yourself feel better because there are people here gonna tell you about yourself and you think you insecure then you really gonna get hit hard and then you be sitting there with the I ate ass face because they told you off about that being a certain way no damn well you 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 always want to give out but you can't take it type shit to me, that that's where it stirs the biggest issue in the dating world. I I say I know how it feels to be on these dating sites one upon a time, and really don't get bites like that. Every we all it's there are expectations. I feel like, by the way, kind of a side note. I feel like people tend to underrate and listen to the wrong people when it comes to what they like and don't like. Especially when it comes to men and how they view the women. Like, look, there's a lot of imperfect women, whatever that means now. And men are still getting married to that, falling in love with. They like people really appreciate imperfections more than y'all think. I am a man where it's like I like what I like. I really do know what I like. And people were like, you know what? If this person don't have this or they don't have that, that's fine. And mostly that tend to be more of a physical thing for a lot of people, right? Some women might look at it as physical, awesome material, and vice versa. Same thing with men. But for my sake of protecting the idea of with guys, man, like, if, if a man comes out and say, look, I just really appreciate your very imperfect body. Not even saying it like that, but like, I don't, you know, just they appreciate what you have and all the things that women say, why can't men appreciate? And then the shift change where it comes out to be where you see some women out here dying and, and really ruin themselves and putting money into things that really makes them look worse or putting health issues on them that, that they don't have to deal with. I mean, this is another conversation for another day, but there are people who are workout warriors and they want to have the, the nicest uh, you know, stomach to waist ratio where they got a bubble ass. And if that don't work out, no matter how hard they work, they're going to go out here and buy some ass. Or they don't want to have too muscular, like those these different things. But unfortunately... Regardless of what people might say when it comes to men when it comes to stuff, and it's understandable, other women see that shit. And that is like the untold stories of where a lot some of these issues lies because of the competition amongst each other. Dudes like me, like, yo, y'all have to compete, man. Bring that, uh, bring that over here. Well, this is wrong with me. No, I don't give a fuck. Come here. Like, their dudes are like that. Y'all just have to go out here and see that shit and stop assuming like they're just a, just a man society idea. But anyway, uh, I went in forever about a couple things. I just need to get those things off. There are other things like Patrick, my homeboy, went in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jay-Z being, you know, Jay-Z. You know, I know Jay-Z fans hate that because, you know, he means more a lot too, but... Um, but mostly Pat, Pat, my homeboy, won the Super Bowl. Um, I just wanted to see him win. You know, uh, nobody really give a fuck about the 49ers like that. Yeah, I know it. We know it. We want to see greatness. I don't give a fuck about good game. That was a good game. No, I part. Of, I love dominance. We all compete to be dominant and just win and beat that ass. If I'm playing Madden against somebody, I'm not trying to have a 17-13 game like, yo, bro, we really did that. No, I'm trying to blow your motherfucking ass out. So that's how I view competition, man. Dominance is great. Because if, like, look with Golden State, if Golden State Warriors wasn't as dominant, it has forced, or Miami Heat or, in general, it has forced other people to, to stop being incompetent and step their game up. So I appreciate shit like that. 
But anyway, thank you for listening once again, man. Miss you, love you, Kobe, man. You are you play such an important role in my life, man, and just a therapy. And I'm always gonna still find stuff for what you said and how you feel and your outlook on things. You've always been so important. But anyway, thank you for listening to is never to assemble with Ramon. Much love to all. Thank you very much, and y'all take care and y'all be safe. Holla.